Welcome back, Sherlockians. Today on this Sherlock After Show, we talk about serial killers and crazy siblings. Stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to After Buzz TV. We are here doing the Sherlock After Show, Season 4, Episode 2. The lying detective, very ominous. Yes. Like this music. Yes, like yes. This music. It's very apropos. I'm your Sorry. host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me, I have a lovely panel once again. I'm Drexel Hurd. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drexel Hurd. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can tweet at me at the Manguin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. Hey, everybody. I'm Timothy Michael. You can follow me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. Yes, all right, excellent. Episode two, here we are again, The Lying Detective. Real quick thoughts. What were your thoughts of this episode? Drexel, let's start with you. I loved it. I mean, this is a yeah. cl- this was a this was you know we talked about Moriarty in the first episode and where we, whether we not we thought he was going to come back um, <clears throat> because the first episode didn't really have a foe like it didn't really like we had an, an, an antagonist omi- an antagonist yeah. it had an ominous foe like you know but somebody, it was more like the past the coming past, back yeah. to haunt you and now we actually get a situation where Sherlock has some another person to have to deal with because um, we didn't get that in Abominable Bride either so this is the first time we've had somebody that Sherlock has to deal with one-on-one. Yeah. Uh, There's nothing more terrifying than a serial killer with money. Like, Mm -hmm. that... uh, It's funny that they brought up H.H. Holmes in this episode because, yeah, that is literally the scariest thing, is a serial killer who has a means of killing and a means of getting rid of the bodies, and I think they really executed that whole premise really well. Yeah, I agree that that this episode... And, you know, Sherlock said it better better himself, you know, what's what's scarier than a serial killer? Serial killer without limited resources, and uh, that's exactly what Culverton had, and we'll we'll touch up on that. But Culverton Smith as a villain in this episode, I thought was was so on point oh, good. and so fantastic. And like I said, I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it. But this episode was on fire. Yes, I really liked this episode. Um, I think right out the gate, I thought this the cinematography mm-hmm. for this particular episode was phenomenal. I mean, every episode is like already high production value, but I think the certain camera angles and that purposely made you like on edge or mm-hmm. like literally off offsite and because you know we get the moments where Sherlock is like drugged out and we get all these different types of crazy angles that purposefully you know get you off not feeling right I didn't, oh, oh sorry no no go ahead I was just going to say, I don't know how I felt about the editing, because I know that they were trying to portray, um, you know, his drug-induced state of mind, but, like, cutting back and forth to Culverton, like, out of context, seemed like a really weird way of going about it. Again, I kind of know what they were going for, but I don't know how I felt about the execution. Um, you guys talked about the cinematography. What I between the this episode and the third episode, I think they did a little behind the scenes uh, thing on, on a little featurette, which a little featurette, which I thought was really cool. Kind of showed us how they filmed a lot of the really cool scenes. Uh, we'll talk about the car scene. We'll talk about the uh, another mine palace situation that he was in mm-hmm. that he actually brought yes. somebody into. Um, really, I think this is the first time, or at least I can't, as I, from what I can remember, the first time there was somebody a part of this mind palace, um, um, which w- makes sense considering the character that he brought into the mind palace with him. Yes, yes, we'll definitely get into it. Let's start kind of near the beginning, and we'll do our best to cover everything, of course. But let's start with the Faith meeting. We see Sherlock in his flat talking to Faith. 
after the whole quote unquote faith. Yeah. <laughs> quote unquote, is there one? Okay, we'll, we'll it's kind of skipping to the end a little bit, As not to jump forward. Of, it's kind of hard not to talk about but the end when you talk about yes. this intro scene. But faith is pretty much the woman who kind of starts it all mm-hmm. because her father is actually called Return Smith, who Correct. is now quote-unquote serial killer that Sherlock has publicly accused of. But this meeting with Faith, what did you think of this meeting? Because Sherlock kind of seemed out of character. Did you expect, as we see at the reveal at the end, did you expect Faith to be real or fake? Uh, I thought uh, that Faith was real. Um, I didn't think that Faith was impersonating anybody. I really thought that that was his daughter, especially going back from the Flashback. Yeah, here's a question. Is it? And granted, I only watched it once, so I, I wish I had time to go back and rewatch it. Mm-hmm. But is the actress who's playing Faith in the in the scene with all the rest of the board members? Is that the same actress who we see pretending to be Faith at the very end? No, no. which no. is exactly why I was like in the flash. Exactly in the yeah. flashback. So I was like, I didn't catch on to it when I was watching the episode, and maybe I should have. Um, I don't know why I didn't, um, looking back on it, but the the stylist of Faith um, was very good at deceiving the audience. Um, and I don't think that we were... I think we were also deceived because we weren't concerned about Faith. We were really concerned about Sherlock because Sherlock is in this, you know, drug-induced downward spiral and, you know, we have, we're have we just coming off of the, the Mary getting shot and Mary dying. Like, I don't think that we as an audience are looking for, you know, Faith... Does that fate look exactly like the fate in the flashbacks? <laughs> like, and plus, this was three years ago, so she she might have aged. And Sherlock well, even said with the picture on the phone, it's like, you really let yourself go. So, right, well, right. like, the physical differences were subtle enough for us to believe, oh, yeah, this could still be the same person. Mm-hmm. She just physically changed a But I bit. also think from as, as a viewer, we weren't focused on faith not... For me, I was not focused on Faith because of what had happened in the previous episode. I wasn't focused on Faith because the the way that it was edited, we were focused on what she was writing. We were focused on what Culverton was saying to the the people around the table. It was very blurry. There was a lot of things that, that kept yeah. us not focused on the person telling the story. Uh, and the person that was in the flashback. And there were very few... I don't think there were even any close-ups on her in the boardroom and then when she was in Sherlock's office. I'm pretty sure they were all medium or wide shots, so you're not really getting a super good look at her. They were. Um, I, I love that how you bring that up because they were. there were many wide shots, and a lot of them, because I watched this episode a couple of times, um, a lot of them, a lot of the shots were like kind of blurry because she's high on the on the medicine that mm-hmm. they just injected her with. So physically, just right. in the vi- visual, it's already distorted for us, so we couldn't really get a clear delineation of what she actually looked like. Right. That being said... The first time I watched this, uh, this scene, you know, the, when you're watching this episode and you're seeing this scene for the first time, you're like, I actually really appreciated that Sherlock, like, it took a little, Sherlock a little while before he, you know, his brain, he caught up to his brain, mm-hmm. and he actually did spend the whole night, you know, trying, you know, talking with her and having chips with her, and I, I thought that was a scene, it didn't seem that out of character for him at least from my perspective, because he is somebody who he's super high and he feels bad about John and Mary. So it makes sense that when he sees somebody who's as self-destructive as he is right now, that he would want to kind of circumvent that. That seemed fine to me. 
it's the reveal at the end of the episode where the more and more I think about it, the more and more I'm like, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> that yeah. sort of thing. I don't know if it was, it was necessarily out of character for him. As it, I mean, let me rephrase it. It was out of character for him, but not in the same way that my view was he was lonely. Yeah. He brought somebody in. Molly was no longer, Molly was icing him out. He no longer had Mary. Irene's not really, like, it, all the women were out, were out. Yeah, he didn't have a life. female like out of his life. Well, and so he didn't have friends the, in right. His life. So the first person that needed him, mm-hmm. he latched onto to, to the fact now he's walking through the streets of London. Yeah, and I don't necessarily think he was out of character. I mean, in, la- in the last episode when we covered the last episode, we said that this this season w- did tune in more into the emotional aspect of Sherlock. And if we remember the scene correctly, he did tell her to get out pretty fast. He was yeah. like, "Yeah, you could leave. Okay, I'm good. Weird. I got whatever I needed to <laughs> out. get out yeah. from you." And then he noticed. You know her how heavy her purse was, and then noticed that you know what she might not be all there, and then started to have sympathy for her. Um, and I want, and I'm just bringing you back to what I said earlier. I think that has a lot to do with him reeling off of Mary's death. Like you feel like you have one death on your hands. How would you feel about another one? And I think mm-hmm. that's why he says, "Let's take a stroll around the park, not just to solve the case, but to save this woman." I yeah, I really like this walk, and I think this is why I say it's slightly out of character because. Um, you know, he says, I'm going out with a friend. And Mrs. Hudson's like, you don't have any friends. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that. as terrible as that sounds, that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Sherlock doesn't have friends. Why would he say friends? So uh, I personally, watching it the first time, I realized that this person is probably fake or imaginary. Uh, especially, there was two moments where he was talking to the guy in the kitchen who was probably his drug dealer. We were like, who are you talking to? Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, that's a clear question. And then the second line, um, I'm going out with a friend. I'm like, no, no, no. Those are two clear things that, like, wouldn't happen. I I still call this, um, again, just given what we know at the end of the episode, I still call this a little bit of a cheat to the audience. And this is something that Sherlock does every now and then. Um, Because we clearly see, you know, uh, the real Faith writing a note down. We clearly see her doing that, which doesn't add up when we see that the person pretending to be Faith fabricated a note for him. So that that is an intentional cheat to the audience. Mm-hmm. So well, that was um, actually the real note. She said it at the end. No, she said, I concocted this little project for you. Well, but no, when, like, not to jump to the end of the episode, I uh, went in the therapy session when we get to the reveal. I thought she said it was she... She engineered the note. She said, El Culverton gave Faith's original note, and a mutual friend put them together. Okay. I was thinking that she, like, then, like, wrote a note herself, and I'm like, that's a huge... So that original note that the real Faith wrote actually did get into the hands of Sherlock, not by the real Faith, but by the one who's pretending to. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, the something something cast said he was self-destructive with a plan. He sensed that she was spiraling, which is why I felt he stayed with her out of character. Yes, but not out of context of the situation. I agree. I agree yep. with that statement. Yep. Okay, so that kind of brings us into the whole Culverton Smith. He's the our antagonist <laughs> of this episode. Toby Jones. <sighs> I mean, he's a great actor. He's so himself. good. Um, I, I liked him as an antagonist. I mean, I think obviously our biggest antagonist of the whole Sherlock series is obviously mm-hmm. going to be Moriarty, mm-hmm. but I think he did a great job of portraying kind of a crazy, yep. so like mentally kind I of. I feel bad for this uh, guy because I feel like I'm always seeing him cast as a villain in some capacity. He 
was to go back to the first episode when we did it together and I brought in a Harry Potter reference. I'll bring in another one. He was Toby Jones, the voice of Dobby, the house elf. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm talking about like in non-voiceover related roles, I feel like the only time I've seen him not be a bad guy is in like the Hunger Games. And even then he's like, that's morally ambiguous. Yeah. 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 But he's just got that creeper face too. Yeah. I mean, That's why I, I like Toby Jones. He's a character he's actor. He's definitely a character actor. Uh, I'll give him that. But, well, but yeah, what great performance! Great performance! Oh, yeah. Like, oh my goodness! But yeah, we were talking about just creepy. Ooh, like that's the last thing you want a serial killer to be doing is running a hospital. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because that is basically <laughs> just like handing them victims on a silver platter. Well, you're that literally putting people worst. like in his care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's I like, like, like um, their lives like, are uh, in his hands. Yeah, like um, Sweeney Todd and like oh, Sweeney, yeah. but they made that Demon Barber. Yeah, they did make the reference. And uh, I think at, for a one arc episode, um, for one episode, his character arc um the abilities of Toby Jones to to portray this this character and this villain of Culverton Smith was exceptional because, you know, to go from this, like, okay, you're really creepy. Are you a killer? Like, because in my personal opinion, I was like, well, is he a killer or is Sherlock just crazy? Like, I I am genuinely questioning Sherlock's abilities here. And I don't know if it was because they set this up and he's in this drug-induced, like, state. Like, is he just fixating on a yeah. celebrity? And which is what, like, we, no, which is what we saw in the hospital scene when they were all, when it was John, uh, Sherlock, and uh, Colton in the hospital. And he said, I'm question or you know, somebody brought the fact, I can't remember who it was, brought the fact like, that... Like, what kind of doctor are you? Can yeah, you not tell your Colvin friend kept bringing that up, that doubt high. in there, right? Yeah. Kept bringing that doubt in there. But I, I thought Toby Jones was was great. Um, I obviously like Moriarty better as a character. I think it's because we've known this character for so long, this yeah. Moriarty character. Um, and he's still scary, even when he's not on the screen. Because yeah. you're not, you don't know who's pulling any of these strings. At the end of the day, yeah. at the end of the day, Moriarty could have been... Controlling like, Culverton again, master manipulator from the from the top he's, down. He's the puppet master. I mean, if you think about and the, the 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 last episode into this, Moriarty was there from the beginning. Who you know to to this faith character, you know to all these pieces to Culverton, Moriarty was there the whole time. Very true. It could have been. I mean, that the, yeah. the line of you know all the way down. Yeah, went back to connected. Moriarty. They're it's, all connected. You know, the six degrees of Moriarty. <laughs> it's, not, it's Kevin Bacon. <laughs> yes. Um, I have one degree from him. <laughs> okay. um, but yes, we, we, we mentioned the hospital a little bit too. But like, what did you, what were your thoughts of this DD12 serum? That memory inhibitor looks scary. That is pretty much the thing that kind of sets off the whole... I feel like if he hadn't story. felt the need to drug his entire boardroom, he wouldn't have gotten into this predicament in the first place. But, okay. Because we know that Culverton as accused by Sherlock that he's the serial killer that everyone knows. But why tell a whole board... I mean, I, I think... Uh, yeah, I, The idea is that, like, drug feeling them? this compulsion, like that the the perpetrator needs to confess at a certain point uh and that was his whole shtick is like once he w- once he's able to like he does all these things which he loves and enjoys but ultimately he knows is wrong so he does feel the need to confess it but in a situation that he can control 
and make sure that there are no repercussions for it. I don't know why you would call a group of people or in. your own daughter. Yeah, including your own daughter. That just seems very short-sighted to me. And also, like, yeah, the, I would just assume that if you're going to confess to anybody, it would be kind of like the scenario that Sherlock sets oh, yeah. up in the hospital, where it's just you're just confessing to one person who you intend to murder. Yeah, I think that Meg is. <laughs> I think that you are hitting the nail on the head because because in the episode, Culverton himself he says revealing a secret is the worst thing you can do to a friend if they don't accept it. You can't unsay it, which is exactly why he uses the serum to to tell these people because they're going to forget it anyway. So technically they he can unsay it because of the serum. It's like I I need to confess to people who I care about to some degree, my friends and family. Uh but I also don't want to burden you with it, which is just a Yeah. Th- I mean, that's he's a psychopath. Right. He yeah. he might have he might love his daughter, but ultimately he's a psychopath and he's just justifying it to himself. And this goes back to another another way that they've portrayed a villain like we saw Moriarty we never really saw Moriarty kill anybody at off of his hand from what I remember. Yeah, he set up situations. He set up situations where, yeah, to kill, kill anybody. Them. We never saw Corverton actually kill anybody. So for him to be a serial killer, it was like did he just was he a serial killer or did he just like the thrill of people believing that he was a serial killer? You can definitely he tell was, like or was that he, just he likes a toying with killer. people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can definitely tell that he likes toying <laughs> with people. Right. Um again, having having all this money and power at his disposal, um anybody who threatens that or would even come close to uncovering his secret he's going to toy with like a cat and a mouse sort of situation so when Sherlock calls him out he just steers right into the skin and was like yeah this was all a promotional bit like right. yeah way to way to commit though that is a really great way to commit to the act well, how do you thro- but how do you throw off somebody by not as you said in the last episode by hiding in plain sight like he was literally doing that. That's what made me think, okay, well, maybe Sherlock is a little crazy because this man is literally being accused of being a serial killer instead of taking the defensive, which everybody would be like, well, he's being defensive, so of course he's a serial killer. He goes the opposite way and is like, well, I'm going to use it as a promotional thing. The uh, I mean, like I, I think a person who has money, fame, and power can do that. That's true. Well, yes, they can. <laughs> And yeah, was anybody else getting, like, weird Trump vibes at the beginning of this episode? I didn't want to bring it up. I just came from the Trump reply. I was like, I didn't want to bring it up. But, yeah. That was literally my first thought was just... Yes, they can. Um, But, yeah. um, But, yeah, no, I, I appreciated this because it is ambiguous but just the way he was playing it up it's like he's telegraphing yeah I did it but there's absolutely nothing you can do about it It, especially in that scene uh, when he was with the kids when he was in the hospital with the kids and he raised his hand and said how do you catch a serial killer in like, front of the children. In front of the children. You know what killed me even more is the nurse was like, She's oh, like, maybe that's not the best topic. And then he like has this thing. He has like this running theme throughout the episode where if somebody challenges him, he goes, how long have you been working here? And mm-hmm. they immediately shut up. Like that right there, as soon as that scene happened, like mm-hmm. up until then I was like, oh, maybe Sherlock is crazy. But as soon as he started doing that, rever- like the reverse psychology, like underlying, under the radar threatening, the, I was the like. The threats. Yes. Yeah. I was like, no, he's crazy. Yeah. yeah, he yeah. likes to exert his power when necessary. Um, th- that that question, like, how do you catch a serial killer? That it was kind of. I personally had a hard time watching this because there. I, I mean, the writing is great, but he says victim at random, expression of power, ego signature, human destruction. They like to hide and play. I, I felt there was just a lot of factual things that were incorrect. 
I watch Criminal Minds. <laughs> oh, <laughs> excuse like, us, Detective Marissa. <laughs> oh. I do the Criminal Minds after show, and I feel like they should watch a few episodes of Criminal oh, Minds before. Yeah. The, uh, yeah, that's this guy's problem is, like, he does a lot of, he again, because he's so rich and powerful, he thinks he can do these cliche, horror, you know, things and not, you know, and not get caught. The, um... I, I talking about criminal minds. I've been listening to a lot of the podcasts, like My Favorite Murder, and yes. so and there are a lot of serial killers who do just that, hide in plain sight because they have these like alter egos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's just something. Go watch the criminal. Minds. It's great. <laughs> Listen um, to My Favorite Murder. <laughs> yeah, check out our criminal minds after show. So fun. <laughs> All right. So um, I, I did enjoy this hospital scene. We will obviously get to. Sh- um, Watson too, but you know it just kind of that build up and that need to confess, especially when he took him to the mortuary morgue mm-hmm. room, which was my morbid, favorite so. room. Yes, my yeah. favorite. It's room. like okay, Super if you're morbid. not a serial killer, you're probably gonna become one. Yeah, <laughs> or like there, there's obviously some something dark within him that yeah. Like, oh, you're a necrophilia. But then in the mortuary, yeah. he does the same <laughs> thing to the guy. Oh, you're that. To the, uh, yeah. So the, what do they call those? The the uh, morticians. Yeah. yeah. He's, and he's like, I need the room, and he's like, you're not allowed to be here. And he's like, how long have you worked here? I hated that. <laughs> I just really. How long have you worked here? I can work here. Why? Who are you? Like, well, I can't. it says something super dark. And again, you know, we find out later that he has like these secret passageways within the hospital. Yeah. It makes you wonder, like. What is he actively doing to like the staff and the board members mm. to inspire so much fear? Because like, yeah, it's one thing to like own the place, but like people were legitimately afraid of mm-hmm. him and not in a I'm gonna lose my job sort of way, like a this man could crush me like a bug sort of way. Yeah. I, I think it's more like they're afraid of him because they know how powerful he is. Like he he's so high in like just power status and he's up on a pedestal like mm-hmm. he has the keys to the hospital there was a whole meeting about it like a public announcement about like it. a so ceremony yeah a ceremony so it's like he has power over these people so people don't want to question him in any way because he knows like they know that he can destroy them it's also entirely possible he just killed the janitor and took their keys who knows? Because <laughs> we don't ever see him kill people. Well, here's right. the thing. I don't necessarily think he would kill a janitor. No. I think that he kills like, the people that are in the room. The people that, are, like, that like, conceivably are on their way yes, out. Exactly. Yes, exactly. So he's the, Dr. Kevorkian. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um, I, I thought of that as well. Um, he says one of the lines, Why do I kill? It's not about hatred or revenge. I'm not a dark person. Killing human beings, it just makes me incredibly happy. Ha! So, he's also, he's also, <laughs> like, a psychopath. Right. That yeah. is the yeah. stuff of nightmares. He's like Charles Manson. Power. He's a, uh, I, I yeah. feel like he's an amalgamation of so many different serial killers. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I, like I said, I love that they brought up H.H. H. Holmes. You know, any, any sort of serial killer that can create their own setting for, you know, for all the, you know, for their murders. And then the disposal of their victims. That That is what he has in this hospital. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, we have the whole reveal of Faith walking in. It's not the Faith that Sherlock was expecting. Which, like, sends him, like, off the, <laughs> the rails. He was like, wait, what? If there's one thing Sherlock hates, it's being wrong. Yeah. Being wrong. <laughs> yep. I think it was a mixture right. of not only being wrong, but definitely being embarrassed. Yes. Yeah. In front of Watson, who he believes he is smarter than. Well, and, and so. he loves... At, they, they talk about it over and over again in this show. He loves putting on a show 
for Watson specifically. So, like, when he gets the rug pulled out from under him when he's supposed to be Sherlock Holmes, you know, solving the case um, to, like, you know, to down to the millisecond of, like, when this person is supposed to walk in um, to, you know, to show everyone how clever he is, it really does throw him off when something doesn't fall into the way he's calculated it happening. Well, also, like, the way he was calculating was very cocky and overconfident. Like, oh, I forgot to, you know, well, calculate the traffic. You know, he kept showing off that, and he's like, oh, I'm still smarter than you, and I set well, all this up. A couple scenes earlier, he knew who John Watson's therapist was going to be a week before John Watson decided he was going to switch up therapist. Yes, I was. Let's get to this therapist. Yeah, session. and I was sorry Shall before we, we oh, move no, on really quick because Meg jumped on that. <laughs> um, do we really think that that Watson was? I mean, that Sherlock was um, was caught off guard or embarrassed, or do we know that? Like he, because like you said, he knew John Watson's therapist two weeks before John Watson did. So, and then he, you know, choreographically like established that. John would bring the cane into the room at the end. So how would he have gotten into that room? What I'm saying is, like, I think that Sherlock wasn't exactly embarrassed or, or caught off guard. I think he knew exactly what was going to happen. I think he knew exactly he, that Faith was going to walk into the room wasn't the Faith that he was talking to. I don't know about that, but we definitely know that he, given, again, what we find out later in the episode, mm-hmm. that he needed to put himself into a position where John Watson needed to save him. He right. needed to yeah, put himself true. in a position where he was in danger. I think with I think with Sherlock, it's all probability. So mm-hmm. I think that for him, uh, faith not being the faith that he met at his house might not have that might have been an independent variable that he just that, or, he, didn't that he didn't see coming. But then, yeah. like as soon as he gets introduced to a new variable. He can work right. around that. And he's, he's like, like oh. okay, this is the plan. Right, right, right. Well, also, I, I think it was a little bit of embarrassment because he all, we all know that he's also high. He's definitely super unique. high. So he just shows like, <laughs> like unprofessionalism, but like he's also just self doubting himself, like how how smart he he thinks he actually is when he finds himself. He actually makes mistakes mm. because of the drugs. Um, you know, and he, I think that was he, a great. I think to, to your point that that's a great addition to that character is that we've seen a very vulnerable mistake uh you know apt to mistake sherlock you know we see sherlock as sherlock fans as like this perfect sherlock holmes never wrong never wrong and there are opportunities for us to see him as a human being that he does have feelings um like somebody said earlier the emotional uh journey of this whole season and then and and a lot of sherlock's emotions uh, you know, we talk about it in the next episode and, and the culmination yeah. of that. So um, we did see a very different Sherlock. I know I was reading Stephen Mott, like the creators had said that this was this whole season set Sherlock up to be the Sherlock that he is right now. And so we're now getting this new like before it was like, you know, like the like the young Sherlock. And now this is the new you know, the updated yeah, Sherlock. Yes. This therapy session, which I, I actually kind of really enjoyed because it was we finally get our main two characters back together because <laughs> at the beginning of the episode, a lot of time has passed. We know that John has disconnected from Sherlock. There is, like, no relationship going on whatsoever. But the fact that these two are now forced, kind of forced to be together again despite 
how hesitant John is over this, like, they still have to work together. Not only do I like the therapy, the therapy session for that reason, but it, it also reintroduces Mary um, as the character still involved in the show, because I thought they were just going to cut her out, like she wasn't yeah. going to be seen anymore because after she had died in the last episode. Mm-hmm. So to see that John is still talking to her and that she still has a presence, whether that's just in John's head, um, made me feel really good that she was still around. Um, I, I, I do have to mention this. Um, I personally, this is just my personal opinion, I can't stand it when you kill, like, a really great character in a show and you still see them, like, the next five episodes. Really? Because it just makes their death less impactful when they're still sticking around. I mean, even if it's a specter. Yeah, it's like, I love Mary. We we talked about this whole last episode. And it was great to actually see her. And I love, oh, great, we still get to see her. But it's just, like, the more you see a person who's supposed to be dead... It makes their death less. I kind of liked her running commentary. <laughs> she had pretty spot-on commentary. Um, but I agree with you. I think the the most impactful way to have like a character who's dead appearing in somebody's mind is if they haven't really fully grasped that this person is gone yet and the audience doesn't know that. Mm-hmm. Like, I love the way they did it in Scrubs, where it's like, you're seeing this person who is already dead, but the audience doesn't know they're already dead and then it's like a huge gut punch at the end of the episode. Like the Sixth Sense. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know, I disagree with Marissa because I'm like, I, I, I just feel like, yeah, we know Mary's dead, she's still around. It's like twisting the knife. Like, every time she speaks, yeah. it's like, I really wish you were alive. Oh, I'm still here. I really wish you were alive, mm, but yeah. I'm not. Well, but, and, but, and not only, she's basically telling him the whole episode you have to let me go you yeah. have to move on you have to forgive yourself you have to forgive sherlock and he's like yeah no i'm not gonna do any of those things <laughs> no but like the great thing it was still great to see mary uh, in this episode because she was basically um uh dr watson's inner id yeah like his inner thought yeah train which i enjoyed it was we got really doctor and uh, dr watson's mind yeah would and like, you sorry. would you have felt would you have felt the same way if it was just Mary's voice and not Mary physically? Yes. Because I, I, you, you always hear, you, you can always think of people and you know, like what they're in your head, but like seeing them is, yeah, it was great on screen. But I, I think that would have been more because it shows that, yeah, she's physically not there. She is actually dead. I so actually, little audio cues here and there would be nice. I, I, I agree with you to an extent, and, and I'm not sure how I feel about it personally because I see both good things about having her here and I also see, like, well, there were other ways to go about showing the, the loss and remorse. But one thing I really did like is hearing... Because she is an aspect of his internal monologue and mm-hmm. his thought process, that she's making all these deductions that Sherlock would normally be making. And it just shows that spending time with Sherlock has trained Watson to think very deductively mm-hmm. in a way. He's off on him. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. I don't like, I, I completely agree with that because, yeah, he, he does think the same way as Sherlock. Like, Watson is could be as smart as Sherlock. You know, yeah. and, and he's so, a doctor. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and, and, we, and you, we talked about it before we did the first show, which was the different um, the different types of Sherlock Holmes. You know, you got the movies, you got the old movies, um, and then CBS has their new show, uh, not new, but their show Elementary. Elementary. With I, I with uh, well, you do we love Elementary? Uh, so Lucy Liu and uh, but. Lucy Liu's Dr. Watson is learning how to be like Sherlock. Mm-hmm. So this is a, a good 
um, look into what a future Dr. Watson would be like as a partner to Sherlock instead of just a sidekick to Sherlock. Yeah, I said in the last episode that he that Sherlock directed a lot of his inner thoughts to Mary, and I thought that's why they had a good relationship because Mary was smarter than John. But I feel like that's a discredit to John, so I apologize. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, you guys are right. I think that John... That Sherlock has rubbed off on John and that he, he is starting to to be more aware um, and more calculative in his thinking. Well, and and everybody who within the framework of the show who looks at John's blog and sees Sherlock does see John as the sidekick and the guy who's sitting there very wide-eyed at how brilliant Sherlock is. We all know that that John, yeah, he's he's there and he puts up with Sherlock, but it's not just this wide-eyed, astonished, wow, you're so smart every single time. Um, but that's the perception, and you feel like Dr. Watson definitely does internalize that and resents it a lot. Mm-hmm. And you see that when, when they walk into the hospital together, the mm-hmm. and everyone is like, oh my gosh, Sherlock Holmes and Watson! And they're like, oh yay! <laughs> um, so you can definitely Easy tell that even the Mary stuff aside, like that's something that continually bothers him. And, and well, that's, that's out of jealousy. Probably. It's like Batman and Robin. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's always getting relegated to the sidekick role when you do play a very valuable part. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know who was also valuable in this episode? Mrs. Hudson. Yes. Yes. I'm so glad you brought her up. How awesome was she? She... Like, she had, like, two really key scenes in this episode. Like, Mrs. Hudson, you are awesome. She yeah. is a great woman. Yeah, you forget how, how uh, you know, she's just like, oh, would anyone like some tea? And uh, you forget how freaking awesome she is to have lived this incredible life that she's led just to get to this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved how she crashed the therapy session driving with that awesome car. Aston like, Martin. Yeah. Like straight up James Bond James stuff. Bond. <laughs> um, you know, being a widow of a drug dealer definitely has his perks. Was it just me or was it, did anybody else expect Sherlock to get out of the car and not Mrs. Hudson? I was mind blown, Mrs. Hudson. I never expected her to. Yeah, I was expecting Sherlock just because of the way he was of, driving. Yeah, yeah, I, not I, the so car, erratic. Yeah. But like, yeah, it was a crazy driver. You wouldn't think Mrs. Hudson is capable of that reckless driving. I think I expected it to be Sherlock. Because when the therapist got out, when they, when John and the therapist walked out of the house, she said, "Are you going to introduce me?" And by that point, we had not seen who was stepping out of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We just saw somebody stepping out. Mm-hmm. So I was like, "Oh, of course it's Sherlock," because it was right after she's talked about Sherlock. Like, oh, and like, she was like, "Are you going to introduce me?" So we assumed it was like going to be one Sherlock. Leads to the next. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love Mrs. Hudson because she she's one of the few people who can actually kind of control Sherlock in a way. Yeah. Like, like one of the few people For that Sherlock will actually listen to or like stop in his chair to do something for someone and um, I he she brings the nurturing side right yeah it's great seeing somebody else being able to manipulate Sherlock all she had to do was drop her teacup and she was able to disarm him uh, to the point where she could stuff him into the trunk of her Aston Martin <laughs> not only disarm him but disarm him handcuff him handcuff. and then Hold do that him at and my favorite part <laughs> was when was she said great. about the handcuffs like <laughs> she's like I've used them I've used them before and you're like <laughs> Mrs. Them. Hudson now I need your Get handcuffs it, girl. Now I need your handcuffs. I happen to know there's a pair in the salad drawer. I've borrowed them before. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, this is Hudson. <laughs> is there something you need to tell us? She's knocking boots. And she's with. like, don't judge me. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you? Um, it's, it's great. And she is the one who brings Sherlock to Watson, bringing them two together. I love it. But also, back in, you know, after the whole hospital scene, back, back in Sherlock's flat, 
22, 1B. Um, <laughs> when the guys go through, you know, inspecting the place and stuff. But she also, yeah, we had her crazy fun moments scene, but then we had her real moment. She mm-hmm. is a human. She does care about Sherlock and Watson. Especially she cares about Mary's Watson a lot. Video. Yeah. Mary's video. We, we got the reveal of the rest of Mary's video. Apparently there's more. Save Watson. Save John Watson. What were your thoughts of this video? Well, first of all, the video had Miss Me on it. So yes, we were all, so I know, I was like, oh, man, this is trouble. Yeah. You know, because you just didn't know. Like, we were, we have been so conditioned as Sherlock viewers to see any time that we see Miss Me, we is automatically associate it with Moriarty. So um, I was a little nervous for him. I didn't yeah. know what was going to happen. Well, mm-hmm. and not to mention at the end of the last episode, after the credits, we had just that little snippet from the video saying, go to hell, Sherlock. Right. And it's just like, whoa! Like, she died to save him. Why would she say that mm-hmm. in any capacity? And so it was nice to get the full Context. monologue. <laughs> yeah, just like, you have to go to hell so that John Watson will save you. Yeah. Go right into hell and make it look like you mean it. Right. I really love this. I mean, and that just makes me like Mary even more, which makes me more upset knowing that she's dead. <laughs> but the fact that she loves John so much to convince Sherlock to go to hell, get do whatever craziness to just to save John is to have him save you. Now, here's a question. Put yourself in John Watson's shoes. And I'm sorry. I, no, I no, no, no. I'm just writing it down. Um, but put yourself in John Watson's shoes. If you saw this video of your uh, your significant other who's now departed telling your former best friend that, hey, you have to be nearly suicidal so that my husband will go and save you, would you feel like that was overtly being like manipulative? Because I would be like, why didn't you just send me a video saying get over it and forgive your friend, as opposed to concocting this big scenario where I get manipulated into forgiving somebody I'm not ready to forgive yet? I don't think so at all. Because John, <laughs> John being around Mary and Sherlock, he knows he's going to get manipulated in some kind of way, so he's already <laughs> used to it. But I feel like if Mary had just sent him a video, then it wouldn't have been as impactful. And I feel like. John had a respect for Mary's decision because in the end, I think that he realized that she was right in doing what she did and how she did it. Yeah, and I don't think it's out of like, oh, go be suicidal so he can save you. No, I don't think it was more like that. It's like, just get yourself into a situation bad enough where John can't help but save you. Yeah, and it's I would feel very manipulated. <laughs> I, I, think, really I think to John, I think... It, I'm sure he did feel manipulated on some level, but at the same time to what Tim said, I think that he does feel obligated. Like he's a, like we said, he's a military doctor. His instinct is to save people that are close to him, regardless of the situation. He might not, he obviously hated this whole situation of being dragged around with Sherlock, going through this motions of doing all this stuff, but at the end of the day, his his military doctor instincts kicked in and he felt that he needed to save his friend and that's what she was pushing him towards because like we said, they got so far out of, you know, he you know, pushed Mary's back backstory out of the way, saying, "I don't want any part of that. Let's start from where we are right now. I'm not no longer a military doctor. Every bit of John Watson's training went out of the way for for however long they were married. Mm-hmm. So she was getting him back to the old John Watson before Mary, which was that savior, that instinctive partner that Sherlock needed. The uh, 
kind of watching this and, and talking about it now, I'm wondering, you know, very much what John Watson's state of mind is when watching this video, because he still feels really guilty about cheating on her, too. And so, like, kind of seeing her, yeah, they're manipulating him, but at the same time, um, he can clearly tell that Mary, you know, he put her up on a pedestal when they first met, um, mm-hmm. and then they found out about her past, but she put him up on a pedestal, too. So he's feeling guilty about, you know, the man that Mary thought he was versus mm-hmm. the man that he actually yes. is. So I'm sure when he heard her say, you know, he will save you, but, like, you have to do this first, he probably feels really guilty about like his friends thinking that they needed to set up this scenario for him to save them in the first place. Yeah. Do you think Mary if he knew about you the... need him? I swear he will be there. Yeah, and it just shows like how much Mary actually does truly know Watson. Yeah, yeah. and that he won't ask for help, but he won't refuse it yeah, either. But he won't refuse. It. I wonder what triggered the release of the video. Like, who delivered this video? Where did this video come from? Like, where did Sherlock That's, find this video? That is a great question. Because well, it got mailed in. Yeah, lost yeah. in the mail. Right. So. Because she she had made the video before the whole AJ thing happened because she knew that AJ coming after her, there was a real possibility that she would be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so she made this video in order to... But she made it once they... Tr- when? when? Before AJ... Before, so she left to go find AJ. Oh, so, so she made she a video say, then. Yeah, she made it before she went to go find AJ because she knew that there was a possibility that she would die. Right. And she knew in whatever situation, whether it was AJ killed her or Miss Norbury killed her, that she was dead and that Sherlock would have to help Watson through it. Right. So well, I'm just saying, well, how did it get to Sherlock? Well, I feel <laughs> like Mary, she's also very calculated. She knows she, she can anticipate things. And kind of like Sherlock, you know how he can always kind of foresee things and have things set up? I feel Mary is capable of like having someone send a messenger already like on this date, send this video, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. So I, I, I just feel that like I can accept it enough that Mary already sent it. I'm on your, I'm, I'm with you, yeah. Marissa. Like, it got to the right people. That's, That's all that matters. All that, yeah. <laughs> That's all but that matters. I mean, we did kind of, we haven't talked about it, but I mean, Watson did also beat up Sherlock yes. to right. to a pretty severe degree um, and then told him to his face, yes, I blame you for Mary's death. So, you know... Did you believe that at that point? That he believed? Uh, that, that he blamed that him? John, yeah, that John was like, yes, you did kill my wife. No. I, no, think I, don't, think, I don't think he believed Projecting it. a little bit, and, again, because of that internal guilt about having cheated on her just before she died. But I also, th- but I also think it's not only... Because of his indiscretions, I also think it's because he left the protection of his wife in someone else's hands when he should have also been the person trying to protect his wife. Like, John Watson could have easily jumped in front of that bullet for Sherlock, but it took his wife to be instinctive like that to do that. So I also. John wasn't technically there at the scene yet. She got shot. Oh, she came in, and then he came in. in. Yeah, he didn't see it. So that's why he. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were all standing there. I thought Mycroft was the there. No. I feel like everyone was there. The police Mycroft were there. Mycroft was there. Mycroft was there. <laughs> Mycroft, why didn't the police do no, anything? That's, that's why I'm really frustrated that John would think that, yeah, Sherlock is the one who killed my wife. But there were so many witnesses who actually saw what happened. You'd think they would actually tell Watson the truth. I could have right. sworn John was there. No, I right. thought he was there. We watched I the thought episode, he was there I watched too. the first yeah. episode a few times. Mary got shot first. And then she was already lying on the floor. And then and John, John walked in? Watson. Well, we Somebody said Watson heard. was waiting for a sitter. 
Yeah. Yeah. Got it. And Watson we, That's right, because he had to stay so um, Watson for Rosie. didn't physically see the shooting. But with everyone there, Mycroft and the police and even Sherlock himself, you think those people, the actual witnesses, would tell John... What happened? Therefore, well, John wouldn't say. Well, so yeah, should, the police wife. should have gotten the civilians to safety as they were surrounding the perp. And then, if the civilian did get shot, that uh, are okay. police trained in some sort of medical training? That's, that's, that's last episode, that's but episode it's making me angry now that I think <laughs> about it. Back to this get one. it together, British police uh, force. The broadcast says this episode is the perfect unit of Moffat and Gattis, the creators, which happens too rarely on Doctor Who, but when it does, it's perfect, <laughs> like this episode of Sherlock, which, yeah, this was a perfect episode, episode of Sherlock. Yeah, yeah getting Sherlock. down to the climactic scene at the end of the... Where I was going to say Toby, <laughs> where Culverton <laughs> slips in through his secret passage doors. So creepy. Actually, so creepy. Almost, almost suffocating Sherlock. Well, yeah. he was suffocating, but like successful. That was scary. That was scary. Was and I creepy. really love the confession that, that, that happened before that, that whole him trying to you know, suffocate Sherlock. I loved how he was um, overdosing him on the IV drip, and then he was like, "You know what? This is taking too long. So this is what's going to happen." Like I was like, <laughs> "But I want to hear you say I don't want to die yes. first." Yeah. I was like, yeah. "Oh God!" Um, I I really appreciated uh, the fact that even though there was a tape recorder in there, they made a point about tape recordings not being admissible in court. Like, I really liked that, mm. like, they, they took that aspect of it. And Sherlock knew that, but just having that one bit on a recording and getting this man into a police station was enough to just get him to confess everything. But, yeah. I mean, like we said earlier in this episode, you know, he wanted to confess. He was, mm-hmm. like, aching to confess to somebody. So, at this point, he was already caught red-handed, literally. Um, so, he just yeah, he's just bursting at the seams. Yeah, he just, just let like, it out. I just gotta tell somebody. Yeah, I love the, the you know, the whole number three Theories like everyone stops after three. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yes, that was Something's that was very clever. Yeah, number three. Um, it is a number of completion. It is. Is that's very true. Mm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was very very intelligent. Of course, of Sherlock already pre-planning three weeks ahead <laughs> that Watson would bring the cane into his room as a parting gift that would have a recording device in it. Yeah, that's a little weird to me. It's just a little too pre-planned. It's a little too pre-planned. But I'll accept it because Sherlock is brilliant. Right. Yes. Like, yes exactly. We didn't question it when it happened. <laughs> yeah. But now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, how, like, how long has that device been lot. recording right. Watson's conversation? Right. <laughs> I think I think I wouldn't have believed it if Culverton hadn't looked for the other devices. Like, if he was like, oh, I wouldn't even have thought, like, a recording device was in this room. <laughs> like, then I would have been like, come on, guys. But he literally, he was like, if you, I already searched all the recording devices, and Sherlock was like, mm-hmm, they didn't. So that's what, <laughs> that's I think cute. that's what made me a, a little bit more, like, believable toward, you uh, know. Somebody said, yeah. why, uh, I was seriously hoping, why do people always stop counting at three to mean we get a fourth episode this season? <laughs> That would be great. What if they just surprise us with another episode this season? Like, out of the blue, and we're like, what do we do? We're actually not doing that. Oh, my God. We'd be freaking out. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Here you go. Oh, that'd be awesome. That would be. I mean, we got a Christmas special, which maybe we should retroactively go back and cover. Just saying. Not The Abominable Breath, right? Um, we'll do a fourth yeah, hour. I would take it. I would take it. I mean, granted, we had to wait three years for just these three episodes that mm-hmm. went came and gone in three weeks 
Yeah, I sure hope we don't have to wait another three. Years. Isn't this the well, end? Though? I was about they, to say there's rumors. Yeah, yeah that we'll this get, was, I yeah. I heard that this was uh, this was it. We'll get it. We still have another well, episode. We do. We do. Let's not cut short. Yeah, we'll get cool your jets. But I did enjoy the ending of this episode, and of course, enjoy the ending. That's a little overwhelming, Marissa. Still talking. The the climactic scene of you know the whole reveal catching. Him because I think the great thing about Culverton is that he is just another civilian in mm-hmm. public, so it just makes you question. There are so many regular people, just quote unquote, like regular people out there that are serial killers who can or who are yeah. literally in hiding places. I used to watch the following on Fox. Ooh, that was a good show. <laughs> Let me tell y'all what I used to. This is why I don't go out in crowds anymore. <laughs> people are like, "You want to go to the women's march?" And I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> like I want to, you know, be there, but no, just people just I'll getting... Hashtag. Right. People getting slashed all over the place. You watch the phone. You can't trust anybody these days. Very, very, very true. <laughs> and and to your point, like, uh, it, it was really nice to get a a criminal who didn't necessarily play into the larger picture because we've been dealing with these masterminds right. for so long. It's nice to just kind of have one kind of normal, quote-unquote, normal creep to take down. Or just, like, another regular civilian. That could be any one of us. Yeah. I, I think that's what makes it more scary. Yeah. Okay, so we have to talk about the yes! end. The reveal of the sister. Did you see this coming? No. no. That could have been the title of the episode. <laughs> yeah. The reveal <laughs> of the sister. Well, that would have given it away. <laughs> You're uh, this is, like I said, I, I'm kind Seriously. of upset... On the one hand, it's super cool, but I was like, oh, man, like, I really liked that scene at the beginning with it just being, you know, Faith and Sherlock. I didn't necessarily like that we had, like, that this whole thing was concocted by the other home sibling. That, to me, seemed a little bit, kind of like seeing the, the recording device in John Watson's cane. This is one of those things where it's like, Okay, this is like a Xanatos gambit where there's no way you could really predict all of these things perfectly falling but into place. Maybe you could because we we know Sherlock is brilliant and he can calculate all these things. But it, it makes it more scary knowing that the sister can plan so much, even more than what Sherlock is capable of. That's exactly what right. I was going to say. I think you hit the nail on the head because we say that oh yeah, Sherlock is is so calculated he can, he can plan things two two weeks in advance. His sister could take it one step further and plan things months in advance right. and then go on to cover as you know the the girl that Watson's flirting with and then the therapist and then uh, the faith and then all the, it's like she I was not expecting that at all I, I have to say that like it was she, I loved her point about you know nobody notices someone like like her because she was able to take on all these different mm-hmm. personas and I as a viewer didn't notice that it was the same actress every single right. time. No. And, and, so, and that actress, from, from what we understand, is that actress actually had to audition for three, all three different characters. She didn't know they were one character until the end, I and they ended up telling her though. that she was like, one character. Again, it really shows her acting chops. Yeah, yeah. yeah and the but, actress, Sia, I believe, actually worked with Benedict Cumberbatch when he did uh, another Shakespearean show. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, sure calculated people are the most predictable, though. So, mm-hmm. and Sherlock, as being as calculated as he is, I'm I'm, I'm sure his sister Euros, who's equally as calculated. Predicted Sherlock's move, so uh, and knew that he would do this. So because he is so predictable, 
Yeah, I think the reveal was just like physically scary to watch, knowing just how the I, again with the cinematography, it just got super dark. Like mm-hmm. the visually, the light got dark. It got dimmer. The atmosphere yeah. got darker. She revealed the the taking out the contacts. Ooh. Just and then physically, she had the t- yeah. yeah. eyes. Yeah, it's like She looked scary. Yeah. And it, it was just very for, intimidating. And for a little while, you're seeing like the light reflect off of her her glasses lenses. Like, oh, I don't know what you're talking about. You must have totally mentioned it earlier. I really love it when they they do that, where you know it's just the light reflecting off of someone's glasses, so that their eyes are obscured. Yes. Um, because again, eyes are the windows to the soul, and so it's really when cool you don't when have do eyes or soulless. Yeah. Right. I think that you touched on a really good subject that we didn't talk about. Watson was the one who kind of caught on to it. When he like let that detail, well, she let that detail slip, and he was like, "I didn't tell you about that." And she was like, "Oh, you must have mentioned it in a preview." And he was like, "No, I didn't. Like, yeah. something's not right." So this just goes to prove, like, you know, Sherlock is rubbing off on 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 John. Um, yeah, and he's I, smarter than people give him credit. Well, for. Yeah, John, John also knows Sherlock so well because he's talking to Mycroft, and Mycroft's like, "You were talking about someone else. You weren't talking about Sherlock." And yeah. Mycroft had already let slip earlier on in the episode. Either the, the last episode or this episode that there was another that there was another Sherlock yeah. Holmes but sibling. Is it ba- is it is it bad? Maybe a little sexist that we all thought it was a brother and not a sister. Well, that's what they made. That's the way they no, made she, it sound. Like. And she said it, but I'm just asking in general. I think that's I the, the, the rule of threes. The, <laughs> I mean, no, no three brothers. They, yeah. they they mentioned they already mentioned it twice, and then when it came to the third time, that's when we got our reveal, where we automatically, on the third time, we thought it was going to be a guy. It's actually a girl. It's a sister. It seems like there's been a conscious effort, both in the Christmas special and in this one, where I think there's been a lot of Obviously, there's been a lot of controversy in the previous seasons as to how female characters have been portrayed, and I feel like making the other home sibling a woman would, and and again, kind of like without really diving into the abominable bride, but like those the themes kind of touched on in there and the morals touched on in there are kind of going like, okay, fan base, we're listening. Here's an awesome female villain. Enjoy. Yeah. Right. You know, and I enjoy that. Yeah, I yeah. do, I do, because we get a lot of males. Just in, not just Sherlock, but a lot of stories. It's not not to call out like make this a gender issue, but most most killers are male. Most serial killers are male. Statistically speaking, yeah, you're right. It's actually, yeah, statistically proven that most killers or murderers are male. And maybe that's why in... I think we're just conditioned to think it's a male. In in the CBS uh, version of of Sherlock Elementary, Elementary, uh, Moriarty is a male. I mean, he's a female. female. I'm sorry, he's a female. Which is great. Watson Watson is a female. Moriarty is a female. They spend a quite a bit. Not to get into spoiler territory with that, but I really like the way they went about doing that reveal. Um, in elementary? In elementary. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I am I am all for it here as well. Okay. <laughs> and quickly before we wrap up, because we do have to mention this as well, Irene Adler. Oh, Question yeah. mark. Oh, text message. Text yeah. Happy birthday, Sherlock. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, but I did also like the reconciliation between Sherlock and Watson during this, because I thought it was yeah. good. Yeah. And I, I liked that Sherlock, uh, you know, takes what John Watson has to say because he's like no I don't I don't that thing about emotion no no I don't I don't care I don't care she can text me all she wants I never text back and Watson's like you're an idiot yeah cherish what you have mm-hmm. um, before it's too late and then Sherlock goes 
Okay, well, I do text her. (laughs) Just text her, phone her, do something while there's still a chance because that chance doesn't last forever. Trust me, Sherlock, it's gone before you know it. Before you know it. But that just says bromance, man. It's great. (laughs) And here's poor Molly. Can't even get a text back. Oh, Oh, Molly. Molly. We'll talk about that. But anything else about this episode? Just that it was a uh, nice. It. it was a nice one-off with a with a pretty awesome set you know lead the next one. set up for yeah, the next one. It was yes. creepy to know that he has a sister, but it's also really exciting to know that that there is a another just demented like as Holmes. calculated yeah, yeah. homes out but, there. But there's no homes that we, other than Sherlock that we like. We don't like Mycroft. <laughs> I actually really liked Mycroft. Like, I, mean, I mean, like, we love to hate Mycroft. Yeah, like, he's like a hateable yes. character. I, I you're feel like, like he's the yes. long-suffering older brother. I don't I don't hate him. <laughs> but you never know who's, like, you know he's on Sherlock's side, but then you're like, do you want him to you fail? You know like, he's looking out for Sherlock, right. but, but, like, at the same time, you're like, you're a bad older brother. Okay. Yeah. And before we wrap, two, two quick facts for, you know, Easter eggs trivia. Um, Holmes fans uh, know that the Great Detective was actually born on January sixth, eighteen fifty four, and the, the the Lying Detective. This actual episode aired on January eighth, so it's around the actual time mm. of real Sherlock Holmes' birthday. And once more, unto the breach. You know when Holmes was all like shooting at the wall, reciting Henry the Fifth. Mm-hmm. That's actually um, that's the whole spiel he was doing um, for this. Once, once more unto the breach, which is the opening of line of the famous mm. soliloquy. Nice. Yeah. And Henry V. Look at that. We are giving yeah. you guys some facts. And yeah, and Henry V, that's actually the first reference to a foot, and that's where Sherlock says the game is a foot. Oh. That's, that's, so that's the tie into the Henry V. All right. Great episode. In the meantime, where can everyone keep following you? Awesome. I am Timothy Michael. You can follow me on all social media platforms at I am Timothy Mike. I'm Megan Salinas. You guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Mangwin. That's T H E M E N G U I N. I am also on a bunch of shows here at AfterBuzz, and I write articles for the Movie Chick. That's Chick with two Ks. Be sure to check those out. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Drexel Heard. And you can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All those fun social media platforms at AfterBuzz TV. Keep rating, keep commenting, keep subscribing. We're still talking about Sherlock. We have one more episode left. Until then, we will see you next time. Bye, guys. From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.